0: My name is Travis, I wanna welcome you here this morning. If you're joining us physically, that's a big deal to us. If you're joining us online, thank you so much for making us a part of your morning. Really quick, before we get into anything today, this is gonna be cool. So listen, grab your phone, uh, check in to Radiate Church right now. If you're online, please share the stream. You are entered into win a book that we would love to send you this week. But it is quite the honor to continue to preach in this series called I will, because we all know we can say, I can, I might, I should, I probably should, but it definitely changes whenever we say the words, I will, and today we're talking about, <laughs> I will be disciplined. And I knew it would be whisper quiet in here. Nobody likes discipline, right? Because discipline is like, okay, there's something I do that I have to do, that I hate, that makes me cringe, and I just don't want to do it. But I think today gonna to be helpful and help us really rethink about disciplines and how we can embrace discipline in our life because we're still in January, right? And I believe January is probably that time on the calendar where we examine our disciplines or like yours truly, like thereof, probably more than any other time of the year. I think for some of us, we're like, I probably need to be a little more disciplined in what I eat, right? So I'm like a, an eight-year-old, I love eating chicken nuggets. But the fact of the matter is I'm trying to do better, trying to be a little more disciplined, so I'm eating more kale. But can we please admit that kale tastes like bug spray? <laughs> I was using bug spray the other day, I looked at a label that said made with real kale, <laughs> right? And I'm doing better, I'm doing better, Pastor Chris. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking the keto water, I'm eating cage-free salads, I'm doing better. And what I'm eating right now. I think for some of us, maybe this is the time of the year we take exercise a little more seriously. I'm gonna tell you guys something. I am the hugest advocate of exercise. Let me rephrase that, I'm the hugest advocate of sitting on gym equipment and watching television. <laughs> can I tell you something? Somebody needs to take a note right now because I'm about to free somebody. Did you know that you can tell people you're going to the gym, you can go sit on equipment and watch TV and no one will bother you for an entire hour and you can sit there in peace and quiet and just watch TV? The second part of somebody's life just started right now. Because nobody likes going to the gym. But some of the stuff they show on the TV at the gym, I'm really not too sure about. Like, have you ever noticed like, why is every other TV the Food Network? Like, the Food Network is like the 50 shades of gray of things that are on at the gym. Like, nobody needs to watch the Food Network while they're on a treadmill. Like, I went to one of the guys that works at my gym the other day, I was like, Dude, I was like, you might need to check out what's on that TV over there. He's like, what is it like nudity or something? I was like, no, there's just somebody making a casserole and using butter. And I'm feeling really uncomfortable in here, right? But we we all take this time of year to think about discipline or light their road, but I think today's gonna be helpful for somebody in here, because we're gonna talk about this one, we're gonna have a good time, we're gonna use a bunch of stories and a bunch of word pictures, but I wanna give us a brand new working definition that I hope is going to ease the tension a little bit about the idea of discipline. You're gonna see it on the screen behind me, and it is this simple. Discipline is giving up what we want now for what we want most, right? I want the chicken nuggets now But what I really want most is a long, happy, healthy life with my family, right? Right, what I want most is to be able to do ministry for a long time and to be strong and for God to be able to use me. But what I want now is to play Xbox and the new Call of Duty, right? A bunch of gamers said amen, right? It's giving up what we want now for what we want most. And I mean, think about it even in the spiritual of what we want most is a transformed life with Jesus at the center in community with other believers, being generous and being, like, spending time in prayer and lifting one another up, that perhaps what we need to give up now is a little bit of time in the morning or maybe a little bit of time at night to connect with God and his word, right? And like I said, I love word pictures. These help me out a lot. I'm a very simple guy. And so one of the ways that I think about it a lot is perhaps maybe it's going from living my life like a cruise ship to living my life like a battleship, right? Because I think with a cruise ship, we think that you know it's all about pleasure, right? It's about the fact that I can have what I want now, I'm gonna enjoy it, I'm gonna live it up, woo, right? And the battleship is more about purpose, right? It's being squared away, it's being disciplined and it's getting after it. And Norwegian Cruise Lines, if you're watching right now, please do not send a cease and desist letter to Radiate Church, we will not bring up cruise ships anymore in our messages. But listen, I've got three steps that I think is going to help each and every person. um, Embrace discipline, maybe not make it sting so bad, maybe make you think a little bit differently about it today. And if you're hearing this and you're like, I need this in my life, maybe this is the blueprint for you today. So we're gonna dive straight into our first step. Step one is we have to give God the first and final say of what we're gonna be disciplined about in our life, right? And and the main idea behind this really, when you think about it is our lives are much like a box or square or you pick a shape or something like that. And God has, uh, he wants us to have a full life intended inside that box. But in those boundary areas, man, sometimes there's certain things in our lives that we really can't even entertain, right? And there's things that just cannot be a part of our lives. They're boundary areas. Like I can't say God is just a little bit of porn, right? God is just a little bit of crack. Like I can't even express how small the amount of crack I'm talking about right now. There's just certain things that you can laugh at that. Don't take that note, but you can laugh at that. No, listen, there are certain things that we cannot even entertain as being part of our lives as a believer. And technically God has more say about that than we do. I wanna show you a passage that may help you uh, wrap your head around that. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. I'm in new century, could be different from what you're looking at right now. It says, we are allowed to do all things, but not all things are good for us. We're allowed to do all things, but not all things help others grow, right? And see, I love analogies and stories and word pictures. My wife, Ashley and I, we are parents to a two and a half year old velociraptor. <laughs> Some of y'all call them toddlers, I call them velociraptors though, right? And if you were to visit our house, Anytime you're going to see rooms that have miscellaneous puzzle pieces, crayons that I don't even know if we even have the box for those things anymore, right? There's frozen toys everywhere. It is just littered with Hannah's stuff. And the crazy thing is we're completely cool with that because that's a safe place for her to play. And we want that for her in her life, right? But what I don't want is I really don't want her to get in the cabinet with the Tide Pods and go eating them. They do look delicious, but we don't want her eating them. And I also don't want her in the garage touching the gasoline-powered sharp thing in there either, right? And that's actually no different than how God's set our lives up. He wants certain things for us. He wants us to have a full life, right? We've learned that in John 10, 10. It's not just a normal life, but it's a life to the full. But that life does come with some boundary areas that we have to stay away from. And certain things just, man, be honest with you, they're not up for debate. Like if you're someone... Who struggles with excessive drinking you can't have a casual drink that's not an option for you that's a boundary area that's something you actually probably don't get a choice to be disciplined in right if you're somebody who struggles with lust maybe you need some stuff blocked on your phone like that's a boundary area that's something god said look you don't get to choose to be disciplined at this right that's something that's not for you man and not only is it not for you what i also love about that verse it actually doesn't help others grow stronger either there is literally a residual effect to the people i'm around me if i'm not personally disciplined allowing god to set those boundaries up the same guy who wrote that passage in first corinthians paul wrote something in philippians chapter 4 he actually gives us almost a list of things that we can think about right he says to think about things that are true noble right pure lovely admirable anything excellent or praiseworthy think on these things we get our mind right we get our grind right amen what paul's saying here is that within these boundary areas man there's certain things that aren't for us right but god does have a say on incredible things that he does want for us right and we just read a list things that are true that are noble things that are admirable and praiseworthy and excellent the bible also says in the letter of galatians that there's something called the fruit of the spirit. And all that would mean is that whenever you place Jesus at the center of your life and you're in community with other believers, man that 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 seed at some point in time is going to kind of transform the way that you spend time in community, the way that you look at other people, right? It's going to transform every aspect of your life. You're going to be more kind, you're going to be more peaceful and all that stuff begins to produce these fruit or these like virtues that you begin to have in your life. And the last thing that Paul says would be one of those is this, that it would be self-control. Self-control, AKA discipline. PT, what are you getting at? All that is to say this, is that whenever we allow God to say, hey, what we're gonna be disciplined at and what we're not, is actually evidence of him working in our lives to begin with, yeah. right? Right? Because it is, it is fruit that's coming from the root that's already planted in our faith and our trust in him. It's actually evidence, right? So we want to give up what we want now for what we want most. And step one, we're going to embrace discipline. We're all changing. We're all leaving out of here transformed today. We're going to give God the first and the final say. We're about to get in the thick of it now. I need notepads out. If you're not taking a note, fake like you're taking a note, and I'm going to believe you, okay? We're in the thick of it. Step two, we're going to follow the process, right? We're gonna follow the process. I wanna propose a thought to you that discipline is choosing right over easy. Being disciplined is choosing what is right over what is easy. Like I said, I'm a word picture guy, right? The, the best way for, or I should say the best, The right way for me to get to my mailbox, to check my mail, is to walk out my front door take a concrete path to my mailbox, right? But it's actually not the easiest. The easiest way is for me to cut right through my front yard and get to my mailbox. Chances are, it's not even a big deal if I do it once. Not a big deal if I do it twice. Probably not even a big deal if I do it three times. I'm going to have a stimulus check in there. i got to go check that thing, right? (laughs) Not a big deal if I do it a couple times. Spring's right around the corner. Grass is about to start growing. What do you think my yard looks like compared to my neighbor's if I take that path every single day? And we wonder why other people's lives are getting better and better by the day. And all of a sudden we realized that we took easy over right. Somebody clap. Y'all, these online people, they can't, they got to hear y'all, man. Great. They're like, is a life getting transformed or what in there, right? Think about it though, so the easiest path, if I'm, if I'm struggling with uh, you know, finance or something, maybe the easiest path is charging something, not saving up for it, right? You know, the easiest path to seeing nudity is on my phone, right? And those things don't honor God, they don't honor anyone else either. And we're, y'all, we're sold the worst bill of goods ever that like somehow or another, there are hacks in this life. You've all seen it, 10 hacks for this, you know, 10 hacks for that, 100 hacks for this, hacks don't exist there's no such thing as easy. They're simple, but there is not easy. There's only right, right? I wanna show y'all a passage. It's in 2 Timothy. It's chapter two and we're gonna read verses four through six and we're gonna analyze them a little bit. Before we get there, if I got any Star Wars fans in the room, this is the rogue one of all like letters in our entire Bible, 2 Timothy. This is one of my favorite passages of all time. See, Paul's in prison. He knows he's at the end of his life, right? He's He's going, to be, um, he's going to be killed for what he believes very shortly. So he writes this letter. And this is not how you and I write letters. This is a team of people that are writing, sending, delivering, it would cost thousands of dollars American to produce this letter today. This is a big deal. And he wants to send it to somebody he's mentoring. And this person he's mentoring, he wants to say, hey man, I want you to continue making followers of Jesus. I want you to continue making believers in communities of people around Jesus. And I don't want you to give up and I want you to stick to the process. So we're gonna read verses four through six. It says, a soldier wants to please the enlisting officer. So no one serving in the army wastes time with everyday matters. Verse five, also an athlete who takes part in a contest must obey all the rules in order to win. Verse six, the farmer who works hard should be the first person to get some of the food that was grown. Like I say, y'all, I'm a simple dude. I love the word pictures and I love what Paul is sharing with Timothy in this letter, right? One of the things I think is really cool, and we'll, let's analyze these word pictures. So I think they're gonna really help us examine what it means to follow the process, right? So the first thing he says in verse four is that a soldier wants to please the enlisting officer. So no one wastes time on every day matters. What does that mean? That means that we're gonna follow the process. We gotta be focused, laser focused. One of the things that has given me the most amount of freedom that I've found in this verse is you do not have to listen to everything. You can block stuff out. Not everything has to have a vote, right? If you're, struggling with negati- or if you're struggling with negativity, you don't have to give that a vote if you want joy, right? If you want good stewardship and finances, the credit card don't have to get a vote, right? If you're struggling with anxiety, social media, and news doesn't have to get a vote. Like you can block the noise for a little bit. It's not that big of a deal. Things are going to distract us from being disciplined and truly having what we want most. And we can't always give those things a vote all the time. Because guess what, when it comes to being a battleship, a cruise ship doesn't get a vote. And if you're taking notes and you're writing the word ship and your phone's auto-correcting it, chances are we know what you need to be disciplined in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. First Peter 5.8, shifting gears. First Peter 5.8 says that the devil roams around like a roaring lion looking for whom he can devour. Right. When you wake up in the morning and you got that crust in your eyes the devil's next move is eight hours ahead of your first on that day do you want to wish you gave being a cruise ship a bunch of votes or do you want to be a battleship case in point right we need to focus on things and we get permission to block out noise and things that are going to distract us from discipline don't always have to get a vote I love verse five too, it talks about being an athlete, right? And that we have to commit ourselves to the rules, commit to the process to be able to win, right? commitment to the process is continually over and over and over giving up easy for right, right? And we're all gonna go home today and eat wings and watch the NFC and AFC championship game. And I can tell you one thing about winning and losing is that they both require a whole lot of pain. They both require pain. If you wanna be a winner, You're going to work hard, and you're going to spend some time in that, and it's going to be pain, right? But if you're experiencing loss, and you're one of the losing teams, that's also painful, too, because you didn't get what you wanted most, right? Winning and losing both require pain, but here's the crazy thing. The process will make you pick it. The process will make you pick your pain. Case in point. I want a great relationship with my wife, right? I'm a pastor. If I don't want the pain of an estranged relationship, then I have to pick the pain of constantly uh, going on the date nights, whether or not, not that big of a deal, going on the date nights, right? (laughs) Taking a bunch of time, buying the flowers, right? I'm I'm gonna pick one of those other. We're either gonna spend the time and the money or not, right? If you're struggling with something, you can pick Hey, I wanna go have the pain of paying money to go to a counselor and talking about weird things that I really don't wanna talk about. Or you know maybe you have to pick the pain of hiring the divorce attorney. You know I don't know, you're gonna pick your pain in this lifetime. You're gonna pick the pain of staying up and studying. You're gonna pick the pain of failing the test, right? You're gonna pick the pain of uh, getting up on time, getting to work, or you're gonna get the, pick the pain of being reprimanded for what you do. You're going to pick your pain in this lifetime, right? And in the spiritual, think about it. You, you're gonna pick the pain of spending time, maybe when it's really early or really late or when you don't feel like it, studying your Bible, reading and praying for others, or you're gonna pick the pain of loneliness out of community and feeling estranged and far from God. You're gonna pick your pain in this life. There's like no way around that, right? PT, give me some good news, man. Verse six, right? The farmer, the farmer has to be the first one to partake. In the food right and this is going to be simple we're not going to over spiritualize this right now it's this simple this is something we believe at ready church what is celebrated is repeated if it's celebrated it's going to be repeated and that can be good and bad when you really think about it what is celebrated is repeated don't overthink it y'all when, when you hit the milestone when you see the progress just take a moment and sit in that and go you know what job well done we're getting closer to mission accomplished We're gonna keep getting after it, right? Because if it's celebrated, it's repeated. Matter of fact, two weeks ago, I was talking to somebody in this exact auditorium right now and they were sharing with me that they had just met a financial goal that they had. And that was really exciting. That was a moment of sitting back and celebrating. But I'll be honest with you, you know what my first thought was, I was like, you know what? I bet that person now knows they can say twice that amount, three times that amount, four times that amount. Why? Because they've already experienced success they've already celebrated the milestone, right? This is pretty cool too. There's a, uh, there was a car wash one time, it was in like the Northeast United States and they did this experiment. They passed out like three or 400 loyalty cards for a free car wash. And all you had to do was get your car washed eight times to get a free car wash. But they passed out two different kinds of loyalty cards. One of them had a place to be punched eight times to get your free car wash. The other had to be punched 10 times, but two already were. And you know what they found out? The cards that already had two punch were redeemed more than any other card they had ever seen. Why is that? Somebody was already celebrating success and repeating it. It's just that simple. We celebrate what was celebrated is repeated, right? So the first thing that we want to do is give God the first and final say Right? We're going to give up what we want now for what we want most. We're going to follow the process. We're going to do what's right over what's easy. And step three, final step, and this is the hardest step, is we can never give up. We never back down. We never surrender. We never retreat. We never get up. We have the bad day. We eat the pint of ice cream. We get up and we do it all over again the other day right? It's just that simple. We never, ever give up. Never give up. I want to give you one last shareable. It's going to hit close close to home, and it's that discipline prevents regret. Discipline prevents regret. Now, I know that Jesus died to rescue and redeem everything that is lost and to give us a sense of freedom on this earth, you will not experience with anything else. But on the daily, your personal disciplines will help you prevent your personal regrets, right? Case in point, uh, I got a speeding ticket last year, right? And I regret that my insurance goes up. Guess what? I could have easily went the speed limit, even though pastor, I was only passing that tractor trailer though. It wasn't like I, I wasn't going crazy or anything, right? But discipline's the only thing you have to prevent regret. I wanna show you one last piece of scripture. It's in 2 Timothy 1, verse seven. So this is still part of the, the prologue, the greeting and, and what we just read. It said that God did not give us a spirit that makes us afraid, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-control, a.k.a. discipline, right? And we already said that it's evidence that God's working in our lives, right? I don't know what acronym you use for fear. Maybe it's like, I don't know, uh, false evidence for appearing real, face everything arise. I don't know what you put on your graphics on your Instagram. But what I do know is this, is that we do not have to be fearful. We don't have to ring the bell. We don't have to give up. Because God gave us something. He left something behind. He said he gives us power, right? And it's not, clearly it's not anything we can do, right? It's our confidence in him, who he says he is like greater in me than he was in the world. Like, I don't have to give in because I'm confident in what God is doing in me and what God will do through me, right? It says he gives us love. He gives us a brand new heart posture to see the world around us, right? When things are going south, I have a brand new heart posture that I can process everything I will experience in my entire life. And it said that God will give us discipline as well. He's going to give us self-control. He's going to help us see mission accomplished. And I know what you're thinking, like, well, that doesn't seem like it always works out like that. Watch this. I want to propose something to you. I want to propose the fact that I, I know we get the rainy days, right? I know we face the obstacles. I know we face challenges. I know we have bad circumstances. But I believe sometimes God cares less about changing our circumstances if He knows our church circumstances can change us. He's less about changing our circumstance if he knows our circumstance can change us, right? Our Bible says in the book of James that whenever we face circumstances, trials, and setbacks, that it's actually to produce something inside of us. Perseverance, resilience, and resolve, right? I don't know if you're like me. I pray for the rapture before every test, right? Because I knew I wasn't going to do good at it. But sometimes getting that bad grade makes sure you're gonna get a good one on the next go around. God's not gonna always change our circumstance when he knows it's going to produce one of these fruits, one of these fruits that are not just for us and evidence that God is who he says he is when he invades your life, but they're evidence to others that God is exactly who he says he is. Was this helpful for anybody today? Come on, God's good. I'm not the best in embracing discipline and you guys might not be either. But I think if we give God the first and final say of what that looks like in our life, if we follow the process, man, we don't give up, we don't take the easy way, we do the right thing, I think we're gonna be okay. And the last thing is just to never give up. Man, I don't wanna experience regret. I don't want that for you either. So let's practice daily discipline. It's gonna help us prevent those regrets in our lives. Hey, could you guys bow your heads right where you're at? I wanna start praying right now. I want to take a moment just to reflect on today's message. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you, can I help pray for discipline to be a part of your life? Before we arrive at that moment, perhaps there's someone in the room who's like, you know what, I don't know if I've ever placed Jesus at the center of my life. I don't know if I've ever said, I want to plant that seed so I can experience all these fruits that we're talking about, so I can experience this full life Man, if that's you today and that's and you've never made that step and you've been reflecting and you said today is it, no one in this room is looking, could you lift your hand up in the air just for a moment? And the only reason I'm asking you to do that is somebody's gonna place a Bible in your hand. We're just gonna take just a minute that's somebody in the room today. Absolutely, we've got one person in the room today. Listen, can we pray together as a family? for somebody making a decision for Jesus today. And if you could just repeat after me, Jesus, I give you everything I have. I place you at the center of my life for now and forever. Forgive me of my sins. And God, I pray to live a victorious life in you. Amen. why heads are still bowed. Can we celebrate people making a decision for Jesus in the room today? We got Bibles going around all over the room. Hey, I don't know about you guys. I need help with discipline. So why heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed. Could you just shoot your hand up if you're like PT pray for me and some personal discipline I need. i my hands up right now. They're all over the room. They're numerous and they're all over the room. You can put those back down. God, I pray for every hand that was lifted right now for people who are saying, I wanna say yes to what I want most, not for what I want now, God. I want to do the right thing, not the easy thing, God. And I don't want to experience regrets in this life. If I can help it, I want discipline. God, give us resolve. Give us the ability to know that we're going to experience the rainy days, but we can trust in you for those that if you started a good work in us, you will see it to its completion. God, I want to pray over each and every hand that's raised. You know the hearts, you know the situations and the circumstances, you know what each and every person is praying for discipline in. God, I pray that you just instigate something in our hearts and in our lives. Amen, amen. Guys, can we just celebrate life change in the building today?